0: Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Doctor Marla Beeler and Doctor J. Doctor Jonathan Beeler. Hello, everybody. Hope you are doing well today. We have a quick shout out to Arlington, Virginia. Woo-hoo. Yes, real close to our capital. Yes, and uh, I've never been to Arlington. We've been close to Arlington. Have yeah, you been there?
1: Arlington Cemetery is that where the? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's so where. We've been yeah.
1: Close. We have not been in there for. We're gonna right. have to take a road trip.
0: Uh, another road trip, yeah. another place to visit. Yeah. All right. You can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call 251 244 4645. Or you can email us at dr. Jonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. Check out our Etsy store, shadowsofgrace.etsy.com. Pick you up a hat or a notebook or a keychain. And you can advertise your favorite podcast, Grace and in the Help Shadows.
1: Us Get the Missions Out. Yes. To share the gospel yep. of Jesus Christ.
0: Yep, you've got uh, some plans in the future for some mission trips. Uh, Dominican Republic and yes. plan on next
1: October, Lord
0: willing, mm-hmm. uh, going back to Africa. All right. Well, Cole Beans there. Okay, well, I'm sure you've got a joke or two up your sleeve. I always do. That is true. What did the triangle say to the circle? I have no idea.
1: You're pointless.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay.
1: RIP, rest in peace, boiling water. You will be missed.
0: <laughs> All right. I didn't even uh, get that one, but okay. I've missed. Got some... I missed them. RIP, water, rest missed. in peace, boiling water. You, you will be missed. No, I've no, saved. no, okay. no. We'll let's save the rest yeah, for next let's, time. Yeah, let's let's go out on that one. All right. Did you know that there are millions of descendants of the Mayflower? Really? Yes. We have living proof of that today in the history books. There are an estimated 10 million Americans and 35 million worldwide descendants of the Mayflower. Among the most famous are John Adams, Julia Child, Humphrey mm-hmm. Bogart, and Norman Rockwell. How about, about Dr. J.? I I don't know, we'd have to go back and and look in your history. Man, most yes. of my
1: ancestors came from Germany.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. I I have all kind of different like things in me. I'm like Choctaw a mutt. Indian. Yeah, Choctaw Indian, yeah, and yeah. some other things.
1: I got a little bit of Jewish. Yeah. G- a lot of German. Yep. Uh, a little Irish. Yep. I'm
0: a, I'm a mutt. Okay, I I have, I'm just a, a mutt. mutt. We're both mutts. I think I have um Scottish maybe, either Irish or Scottish. I'll have to go back and okay. look. All right. Do you know what the most widely grown produce is in the United States? The most widely? Uh marijuana. Oh wow. No, it's actually corn. <laughs> well well, I'm just trying to oh, be up oh, with the times, you know, oh. no
1: postmodernism.
0: Uh well, in fact, in 2019, U.S. farmers produced a mind-blowing ninety-one point seven acres of corn, and that's okay. enough to fill 69 million football fields. Now that's great. You know what? The farmer yeah. in the United
1: States is the most underrated, underappreciated, Absolutely, and, uh, not yes. very finan- monetarily rewarded.
0: You are right. And we need them. We really, really, we really need do. them. So yeah. yeah. All right. So what's our topic today? We
1: are talking about how families,
0: what role do
1: families play in shaping our understanding of love and showing love and expressing oh, love, receiving
0: love—that sounds all like that a great stuff. topic. Well, let's do it. Okay. Well, I think
1: unconditional love, right? That's important. Uh, families, many families try and strive to instill the idea, idea of unconditional love. Right. Uh, children learn uh, mm-hmm. that they're loved regardless of mistakes, flaws, things like that, and they feel a sense of security and self wealth. Yes. Uh, self worth. Self worth. Uh, self worth. And so, you know, you look at in the Bible, it talks about different types of love, mm-hmm. agape love, the love of God, unconditional love, which is ultimately illustrated in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that yes. He gave His only begotten Son. Um, and storge uh, love is a familial type of love. It's more like a, a f- family-oriented love. Okay. A family type of love where you love your parents, you honor your parents, your family, brothers, right. sisters, etc. cetera. Um, and you can see that in things like uh, Mary and Martha, Lazarus, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and the relationships that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, eros, sexual love, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, you know, we see that, uh, Song of Solomon. Right. Uh, and also the warning of a father to his son in Proverbs of being, re- uh, being careful with the prostitute or the loose woman. Mm-hmm. And then finally is the phylos, uh, which is a friendly, a friendship type of love. We get the word Philadelphia. Okay. Delphos is a Greek word for brothers,
0: mm-hmm. brother,
1: and uh, phylos is a form of love for friendship, and we get the, that's where you get Philadelphia, meaning the city of brotherly love. Nice. And Paul and Timothy would be a great illustration. So is David and Jonathan for that. Right, matter. yes. So going back, unconditional love is very important yes. for this foundation. Uh, We will get to in just a little bit how if this isn't, if we're not showing the right type of love and communicating that to our kids, both in words and action, uh, it can be very damaging. I can see that. Yes. Uh, Another way that families teach uh, how to communicate love and uh, also receive love Mm -hmm. is affection and physical touch. True. True. Um, And and families that demonstrate love through physical affection, hugs, kisses, and cuddles. Mm -hmm. Um, This is very, very powerful. And it also builds a security. Uh, Of course, in in abusive ways, which we'll get to in a little bit, that can create the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, in Africa, the United States is very impersonal, even in families now.
0: We are. And I think even since COVID, we've grown even more impersonal. Um, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, families don't
1: kiss and hug like they, like they used to. Right. Um, you know, in Africa and other countries that I've been to, uh, you know, they're more touchy feely. Right. And it's kind of, um. You know, when I was in Africa, I almost felt like this, I felt weird.
0: Well, yeah, because I mean, you and I aren't very touchy feely. I mean, we love each other, you know, but we're not very touchy feely. Can you give an example of that in Africa? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh,
1: as far as distance, you talk to someone in in Africa and uh, they get right right by you. Right. And they talk right into your face, maybe inches away. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, also the caressing mm-hmm. and you know it is not uncommon right uh, if you're really really uh, someone feels really uh, like a good friend to, yeah. to hold someone of the same gender and that includes
0: males <laughs> yeah well you had an episode <laughs> like you yeah, had a pastor yeah.
1: uh grabbed your it hand it very weird because yeah. uh, you know we're just brought up especially men right you know that you know that's homosexual Right. Or that is too uh, touchy-feely. Yeah. And he grabbed my hand and we're h- walking to the church. Yeah. And I felt very weird, but that is that's the way- culture. That's yeah. their culture. Yeah. Had nothing to do with being homosexual. No, definitely Everything not. to do to say that we're friends.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're little, you do things like that. Just It's very innocent and- Yeah. So, but I I can see you're not a very touchy feely, feely person. So I can see going over there. You did feel a little uncomfortable at first because that's not part of our culture. So I can understand that
1: verbal affirmation. We, we teach our children how to express love and Mm -hmm. receive love by how we communicate words. I'm a firm believer that sticks and stones, uh, that, that 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 old uh, saying, oh, yeah can you know um, sticks and stones can you know break my bones break my but bones, words but words never hurt me that's just not true that
0: is not true because sometimes people will say something about you or to you or something like that and that reverberates in your brain over and over again, I would almost rather now, please don't do this anyway, but I would almost rather have somebody punch me than say something yeah. hateful to me because that's something you just can't forget. Like a bruise will go away. But those words, those negative uh, words that people say about you, they stick with you. And so a healthy family teaches, you know, whether it's physical touch, or, right. uh, whether
1: it's un- the Unconditional love, verbal affirmation. There's the communication of love, the behaviors back that up. Mm. There's the positive affirmation. And even the negative is in an encouraging manner to build up the child, not the other, not the otherwise. Right. Quality time. Important. Families that are, you know, the way we have quality time with our family. We're teaching our children the significance and importance we're teaching them once again, how to love and receive love, Right. engaging activities, playing games, meaningful conversations, eating at the table, praying together, sharing the word of God together. That is powerful.
0: I agree. And I think like as, as young parents, we thought, oh, we've got to buy them all this for Christmas and birthdays and things like that. But Both of our kids are adults now, and they look back at the experiences we had. I think as we grew older in our parenting, we realized it was those experiences that really made the difference uh, rather than gifts and things like that. Not that gifts are wrong, but Mm -hmm. having those experiences together, meeting around the dinner table several times a week, you know, uh, going for walks, rides together, you know, taking little vacations. Those are important. Those are experiences that you can look back on, and you can have so many great conversations while doing them, and you grow closer. Yes. Acts of
1: service, uh, helping with chores, preparing mm-hmm. meals, assisting homework, right. showing love, care. Uh, you know, that stuff's important because Bearing. we're really training our children right, uh, with work ethic and the importance of service. And so, and that communicates love. It does. Yeah. Gift giving, Mm -hmm. uh, learning to express love. Right. um, You know, uh, families teach children the thought and Mm -hmm. consideration behind gifts and receiving gifts. I think boundaries and respect. Yes. Families, you know, healthy families teach boundaries. Right. Whether we're healthy or not, we're teaching our kids boundaries and and respect. Yes. Maybe the wrong way. Yes. Sometimes. True. Families can teach this uh, about by setting healthy boundaries and teaching Mm -hmm. respect of their own personal space and autonomy. Yes. Uh, Role modeling,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, how
1: we uh, interact with our spouse and with others. Kids watch that. It teaches us once again, love and receiving love. And I think conflict resolution, how to communicate. Right. uh, The right way, for sure.
0: And, and we know that we're not perfect, but we need to strive to do these things um, so we can set a good example for our kids.
1: And I think learning how, even when we mess up, to teach and love, right? Uh, you know uh, how to do it the right way. Yes, and also that which goes to the next one's forgiveness, learning grace and uh, mercy.
0: It's very important. I mean, some people think that if you mess up and you acknowledge it in front of your kids and say, you're sorry, hey, I messed up, that you're being weak. But I think it's the exact opposite. I think when we mess up with our kids or our spouse and we go to each other and we say, hey, I did not handle this the way I should have and I need to apologize to you. I think that shows so much uh, to our family. Um, because we, we, we're showing that, Hey, I make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes and talk it out. It's important to do those things. If they, they think we're trying to be perfect all the time. That's also, you know, sharing, it's sending a wrong signal because we're definitely not perfect. And I also think that
1: when you get into your faith, um, when you're, when you're following the Jesus of the Bible, there is no other Jesus, but the Jesus of the Bible, uh, and walking with Jesus, you're teaching your kids grace and mercy concepts that are the, in the Important. gospel. Important. Uh, false religion mm. uh, teaches shame, uh, and and focusing on shame and 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 scaring people and fear. But I think learning that God is gracious and He can see that with how we treat each other in our family.
0: And if we don't treat our families in this way the kids are going to seek it somewhere and the spouses may be are going to seek it somewhere else. And that's how a lot of, of children and teens get into cults yes. because they don't get that affection in their home and that caring spirit in their home. So they look for it outside and, and there's love bombing and things like that. And they get drawn yep. into cults because they're looking for what they're missing in their family.
1: I was brought up Catholic for 25 years and, Basically, the Roman Catholic doctrine is a doctrine of shame. Right. And when you look at that, it really produces the fruit that's not, that's, that's rotten.
0: Well, it's not just
1: that either. You have other false religions. Yes. Go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, you have that shame. You feel like, oh, I have to go to somebody and repent. I have to apologize for what I did. And, and you feel that way. You know, there have been times where you've like, Felt that way, even though it's years since you've been out of Catholicism, because it's ingrained in you that shame that you've got to go repent and and ask somebody's forgiveness. I mean, it's the same with
1: Islam. Right. uh, Judaism. Yeah. um, You know, even a lot of Greek Orthodox and Mm -hmm. other religions, uh, even Christian religions that aren't really Christian. They just. Yeah. Yeah. Cultural and religious beliefs. I think uh, culture. And our faith, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hopefully it's the true faith. Right. But uh, that really, no matter what it is, we're teaching our children yes. uh, about culture and about, you know, uh, God. Absolutely. Whether we want to or not, we're still doing that. And we're kind of training them uh, into their future and, and how to understand God's love and receive God's love.
0: And that's why when you are dating and and seeking out a mate, you want to make sure that you're on the same page spiritually, you know, with Christianity. So you're not coming in from two different spectrums because that brings a lot of confusion. So, you know, and don't think, oh, I'm going to marry this person and change them to my beliefs. That, that, you know, 99.9% of the time does not happen. They do not get changed. So you need to really think about those things, not just the starry eyed, rose colored glasses. You've mm-hmm. got to think about in the future, how is this going to affect? So you need to look for somebody that has your same Christian beliefs and values. So when we look at the, the healthy way, mm-hmm. uh, what happens if it's not healthy?
1: And, and unfortunately, I see a lot of this in therapy. I'm sure. Um, you know, if it's not healthy, if you're not having the unconditional love in the in the pot in, in the way it should, uh, if you're not having an effective communication, if you're not having the good boundaries and communication and forgiveness, you run into d- difficulty in forming healthy attachments. I'm sure. I'm you sure. You know, children learn about love and attachment by observing their parents and caregivers. Right. And so, if they're if it's inadequate or impotent yeah. or um, even uh, uh, haphazard, right? It can create things like uh, ambivalent attachment characteristics, yeah, which is, you know, kind of uh, basically a a form of um, poor attachment style. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the ambivalent, which is kind of anxiety type, right? Children who f- form this type most likely had parents who were not consistently available. For love and support right, and this results in a fear of abandonment, rejection, low self-worth, yeah um, and, and, and with children with this, they become wary of strangers, they're awkward, they're greatly distressed when parent leaves, mm-hmm. they do not appear comforted when parents return, right, and, and as adults they they're reluctant to be, be close to other people, true. They worry about that their partner does not love them. They, they feel distraught when relationships end. And, and that's really, really sad. It is sad. It's so sad. There's another one that's called avoidant attachment style. Okay. Uh, that could happen as a result of this mm-hmm. uh, where caregivers are not emotionally available. They're dismissive. They're, and, and with this becomes hyper independence for that child. I'm sure. And they become dismissive. Right. They become a lone wolf. Mm. Um, And so with children with this, they avoid parents. Mm. They don't seek much comfort or comfort from parents and show little or no preference for parents over strangers. Mm. Wow. Um, They're kind of off in the corner doing their own thing.
0: That's really sad. And as a teacher, I've seen that so often. It's just really sad. And
1: this creates a lot of
0: problems in adulthood. True.
1: With intimacy,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: with investing uh not enough emotional social skills in romantic relationships right and unwilling to communicate feelings yes yeah and that's mm. very haphazard very uh then there's the you know characteristics of uh disorganized attachment style mm. kind of anxious and avoidant at the same time oh wow uh and what happens here is uh because of trauma this person kind of becomes uh uh, a mixture of anxiety or avoidant and re and um uh, um uh, disorganized mm-hmm. where they're fearful, they're dazed, they're confused, and they also take on parenting roles. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a very dysfunctional
0: that is dysfunctional. Yeah. But we want
1: security, right? We do, we do. Uh a healthy attachment is separation from parents, not fretting, mm-hmm. comfort from parents when frightened. Right. Um uh, prefer parents to strangers. And with that, with the good balance, you have trusting, lasting relationships as adults, Mm -hmm. good uh, Christ confidence, and share feelings and seek support when needed. Yes. But when when we're looking at this and there's very limited love, there's a limited understanding of love, and children often internalize behaviors. Yes, they do. And expressions of love, right? And this creates dysfunction. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Um. You know that's why you have a lot of bullies in school mm. that are picking on people because they're really scared.
0: They are scared, and, and that's yeah. yeah. We we need to realize bull- bullies are scared. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times if you stand up to a bully, not all the time, but most of the time, if you stand up to a bully, they'll back down because they are scared and you're challenging them. And they're bullies because they're not getting that love and care and quality time and everything in the home. So they're acting out.
1: They have no real healthy love. Correct. Yeah. And the repetition negative patterns, right? Absolutely. We talked about earlier the healthy patterns, Mm -hmm. but if you're having negative, it's just as powerful only in a negative way. Right. Absolutely. And so you become ingrained. Right. And you become attracted to toxic, uh, unhealthy relationships. Correct. You know, there's people I've seen dating or even married to unhealthy spouses or partners, and they don't even know why they're attracted to that. And, And once I get into their life, I know exactly why. It becomes apparent, I'm sure. Unfinished business and baggage.
0: Right. You know, from, right. From childhood. Right. But those, those marriages can still be healed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they can't. No, I know that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it takes both of them. It does. Yep. It does. Definitely.
1: I, I also think there's
0: a fear of vulnerability. Right. Um, we don't want to be vulnerable in today's world. We're afraid of that. Even married couples are afraid of being vulnerable to each other. How come? And that's unfortunate. I, we always feel like we have to present our, our, you know, and it's really a fake face, you know, to even to our partners and you should be able to trust your partner, your spouse. You should be able to trust your spouse with everything, with all your thoughts and you should back each other up with those things. And I I feel like we do that. Um, but there are a lot of marriages that we have seen that, You're like, how do they even communicate with each other because they can't even show any weakness? No. And and that is not a marriage. So that's two strangers living together, I think. You know, the,
1: the fear of vulnerability is a result of all the examples, bad examples.
0: Right. And that vulnerability, yeah. you know, while it's not always fun and it it can be very difficult to handle with each other, it also brings strength to your marriage because you see each other for who you really are and bringing God, of course, into the midst, uh, it, it really helps re- your marriage.
1: Anytime I've been vulnerable, I'm not, and I'm not extremely vulnerable with right. patients, but yeah. sometimes I may release a little bit mm-hmm. because... Vulnerability is powerful. God it is. can use it, right? Our, you know, I, I say and I mean this: God can take your mess, turn it to a message for His glory, for your good, right? And if we're hiding it and we're not sharing God what God has done in our life, yeah, well, we're not really using. Uh, we're not us- We're not allowing God to use it.
0: We're not. And and there are times where we've got to be, you know, not all the time, but we've got to be a little vulnerable with our children as well to teach them to do the same. Oh, yeah difficulty in communication if we're not having this
1: balance of mm-hmm. uh, the, the positive things of being meeting those needs of unconditional love right uh, touch uh, showing gifts mm-hmm. uh,
0: communication and the things we talked about right we're gonna have a hard time communicating you're you're right you're right and that's why there's so much difficulty in the world today and business and families and churches everywhere because people are not vulnerable They don't know how to communicate, and they're not sure about how to meet each other's needs.
1: Seeking external validation, being a people pleaser. Right. I I think this is a result of not having those needs met or in a a positive way, but more maladaptive way. Right. And it creates this need to be approved of. Yes. And sought after and uh, kind of uh, uh, love bombed because you're seeking approval of others.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, King good.
1: Saul was like that. He was like that. I know we're talking about David in another, yes. another podcast. Right. David wasn't. Right. That's what made David different than Saul. He was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, David really didn't care if people approved of him going against God. <laughs> he
0: did it. He, and we need to be yeah. more like that, I think. We do. Yeah. Emotional
1: baggage, unresolved issues. If you have not had those needs met uh, and you are uh, struggling with, with maladaptive attachment styles. Right. You're going to have emotional baggage, unresolved conflict, unresolved issues, Mm. Uh, and all these are part of the. You know, God created the family. Yes, and it was. It's good. Yes, Satan wants to destroy the family, destroy marriage, and destroy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Right, and so, uh, you know, really taking our calling as parents, yes, Christian parents, and really. Uh, making disciples with our family. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you think? You want to add something?
0: No, I just, it's very important for us to do these things in our family, in front of our children so that they can grow up having healthy relationships as well. You know, showing them, hey, I messed up, showing them vulnerability, showing them, you know, affection care. We've got to do all these things in our families, or they're going to seek it out elsewhere, sometimes to their detriment. And we always need to make sure that we remember that God is the center of yeah. our family and that we need to show them the importance of prayer and Bible study and doing those family devotionals together and things like that. Because we we know that God can God can take your mess, mm-hmm. turn to a message,
1: and ultimately for his glory and for your
0: good. Absolutely. Well, hope this has helped you today and hope you have a wonderful, beautiful day. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Goodbye.